You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Some big changes in Bitcoin and that amazing price we talked about earlier in the program. Look, Bitcoin is difficult for everyday use, but it has been growing in popularity for digital uses because it's easy to transact around the world. So I can send money across to China or UK or US almost instantaneously. When I say that, I have some reserves. I can't go down to a coffee shop, for example, and easily use Bitcoin to buy a coffee. If I tried, the coffee would be made and I would have already drank it before the actual transaction has been sort of approved. If I send you money, that has to go through a bit of a a chain or gets authorized. So it gets ticked off. It basically says, yes, your Bitcoin is valid. And yes, you want to send it to this person. So we accept that. But as more people use Bitcoin and there's more transactions that are happening, it actually takes longer for it to actually get approved. So in some cases, for example, the other week, I moved just a small amount of Bitcoin into a separate wallet, an offline wallet, and that actually took about two days to process because I put, I think it was a zero fee. So I just, I don't, didn't want to get charged any fees. I just wanted to transfer the money and I didn't care when, but it was also a test and that took about two days to actually get verified. Right. This is where the problem with Bitcoin is in about the scalability. And this has been a discussion for some time, last probably couple of years with people talking about Bitcoin and what do we do to make it so that it can grow bigger, but actually be faster. Now, if we look at, for example, the Visa network, when it processes transactions, it can do about 16,000 transactions per second. But Bitcoin is about six transactions per second so there's a huge difference so if it really wants to play in this game in you know world finance Mm. it needs to improve that right when we look at you know the reasons for why we might do this we're going to look at uh, how bitcoin works and i won't get too deep into that detail but basically there's the people who manage the open source software and then there's the people that develop the protocol that helps run it so there's sort of different uh, people there's the miners, and then you've got the people that are managing the code for that as well. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you've got the users. I'm a user of Bitcoin. Before it can be verified, you've got to add transactions into what are known as a block. So you collect up all these blocks and then you send it to get verification. And that that whole process, when you add all that information, does take some time. It could be around about 10 minutes for each block. Mm-hmm. And so what's the miners and the users and everyone's been looking at is how do you actually break that down? How do you make that quicker? And to do that was the suggestion, well, taking out some key data from the front end of that block and moving it to a separate end. And that way, it's just a bit easier for the, the systems to actually check off that information and go, oh, yep, 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 yep. And we can verify other stuff later. But we've got the, the basic stuff that we need just to, to move it along. And then we can get the third, fourth, fifth verification happening later so so you explained to me you explained this a little bit to me off air but as the currency has gained acceptance and popularity around the world over time and it's gone up in value and Mm -hmm. it's been transacted more the complexity of actually uh, mining the mining the the, uh, bitcoins has actually got harder so originally when it was when it was a few cents per bitcoin when it first started it was very simple and very quick to mine but as it's grown as and as people have invested in it effectively so pushing the price up have people have bought it that's added to complexity it's added to the time it takes to mine it and the complexity because you've got to go through because one of the things that's great about bitcoin is it's actually in every bitcoin is a record of of everything that's happened to that bitcoin ever and this this is what links it back to what 
what's happening, you know, here. It's like, it's, a, it's like a, a dollar coin in Australia, a gold coin, being able to tell a story yeah, of exactly where, where it's, it's been gone. since yeah. it was minted. Went to the cafe, went to the bank, it went to, you know, petrol station, wherever mm. it went to. Mm. And, and so, yes, it follows that. And, and and yes, I mean, the difficult difficulty of, you know, how to make Bitcoin is, I guess, part of it. When it started, it was really, really easy because you want to get as many Bitcoins out as possible. So people were using just their basic laptops or computers, just sort of in the background, you know, just to create Bitcoins. And they might have been creating hundreds every second. But then as more Bitcoins become available, the difficulty to create those increases. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, for the same computing power, you don't get as many Bitcoins. And we're at a point now where it actually can take a little bit of time and a lot of power, a lot of computing power to actually generate one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And you need a group of, you know, really powerful computers. You know, there's actually mining devices specific for that use. It takes a lot of energy to actually create this. But that is only sort of the 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 process of creating bitcoins now we're looking at what happens when you want to spend it because if if the bitcoins are available like i've got bitcoins in my wallet and i want to transact in the real world or even in the digital world I want that to be happening quickly. I'll, I want some surety that if I send it to you, you're going to have it straight away. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, think of, you know, uh, ransomware is where Bitcoin is uh, heard of a bit at the moment. If you want your data released back to you straight away, you don't want to be waiting days or weeks even for that to come back. You want that to happen now. Or if you want the cafe or the petrol station to, be, to adopt Bitcoin, then it needs to happen almost instantaneously. The traditional or the classic system of Bitcoin won't be able to accommodate that. So this is where there's a solution which is called SegWit and that's because of a segregating witness from the, the block structure. It's just a term that has been adopted by the Bitcoin community. What it allows for is it allows the block to hold more transactions. It means that the transaction fees go down. So every time that you make a transaction, there is a fee that goes with that. Mm. And even... If I give, send you a dollar, I don't want to be paying 50 cents or a dollar or two dollars to the miner or to the, the people that are processing the transaction. I want to keep those down. Mm. The reward for the mining of the block will actually go down as well uh, with the SegWit option. And this new structure will actually allow for a new network called, you know, it's a lightning network. And this will allow for micropayments to be processed instantaneously with any fee. So this is actually, the SegWit is the preferred option i guess and this is where users are backing this option but the miners they don't want to miss out on the fees so they're saying well why don't we increase the block size people talk about a block size and when that gets verified it can only come in as a certain size and that historically has been one megabyte so Every megabyte that comes in, that needs to be verified by all these different networks and then the next megabyte comes in. And the miners are saying, well, why don't we just up the megabytes to two and double that size and that way you know, we can process more you know, per block. That creates problems of its own because there are no backward compatibility. So you can't, you know, once you're in this either new system, you can't then go you know, back to the old system. So this is where you kind of get orphaned. You, this is why there was what's known as the fork. There was the choice. You either stuck with the preferred method for the users, which is SegWit, which as I talked about before, mm. or you go with the, the, the miner's proposal, which was known as SegWit 2X, or it's also called MASF, or more popularly known as BIP91. Don't worry about the terms. They're just terms that the miners and Bitcoin users 
created. Mm. Uh, so this is what was happening in the last couple of weeks. There was the talk about who's going to go what direction, you know, where the wallets are, who's going to adopt what technology. Are you going to go the SegWit path? Are you going to go the BIP path? Mm-hmm. A lot of the wallets and the, the different exchanges were saying, well, we're going to stay with SegWit. We think that's the better method. And there were some that were saying, no, we're going to switch to the new system. And the concern was that if you held Bitcoin in in the ones that forked away from that, then um, you would be stuck in that system, you'd be orphaned in that system, and you couldn't spend your Bitcoins back in the original or or the other chain. So you would have a, a situation essentially where you've got two versions of Bitcoin running, and that's what's happening now. There's two versions that run, and you can't spend Bitcoin from one in the other. Um, so if it's made from now onwards, you can't spend it in the other. Although there is a bit of a trick that maybe you might be able to spend old Bitcoins in both systems. Most of the, the miners, most of the different exchanges, most of the networks, and particularly users, have favoured the SegWit option. And it appears as though there's now a surety in the system going down that path, which does seem to be a, a, a better way to solve the problem and we'll probably see either a dying out or just a sort of an orphaned little small enterprise which is the alternate system and that's why there's more confidence in the network as well that's why we're starting to see the, the price go up right so look we'll keep an eye on it, it, it there is some com- complexity to this which is difficult to sort of re- relay just over the, the over the air but i will link to a story which does break all of this down for those that are interested but if you have a wallet if it's a cloud wallet and you have bitcoin i just go in and log in and just check your balance make sure that it's all fine maybe check to see what system that you're using whether it's the segwit or the bip 91 system look i don't know i think you're stuck if you hadn't moved you're stuck um, but if you had all your bitcoins in an offline wallet it shouldn't matter either way you should be fine but we'll post some links to, to the show yeah. notes i mean obviously the, the market has accepted that pretty well because you saw that massive spike cracking yeah. four thousand australian dollars for one bitcoin i mean god you know, I can remember when it was well, it was under five hundred. It was two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. or something. You know, not that long ago, three or four years ago. Yep. If people had got in then, they've, they've well, think about it now. If you buy now, what's it going to be in five years' time? Are we going to look at ten thousand dollar Bitcoin, fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin? Who knows? Mm. Where's it going to go? Mm. Well, I suppose it means that the, that the subunits of Bitcoin become much more sort of realistic. We, you know, you get to the point where no one's going to ever own a, a whole Bitcoin or they're unlikely to. And that's what the community is talking about. We need to stop talking about a whole Bitcoin. We need to start talking about Satoshis or some subunit because that's what we're going to trade in because it makes more sense to trade in $10 worth, which is going to be one one thousandth or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Has anyone uh, confirmed who the actual inventor of Bitcoin is at this stage? Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, I think his name is, yeah. but no one knows uh, it's not that other guy Craig Williams okay. what was his name Craig Sydney yeah, yeah it's not him thanks for listening and head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media we welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows